boy, do I have a deal for you today. And for 1995, yes, only 1995, all your dreams can be met. Does that sound too good? In fact, I'll give you two of them for 1995 plus shipping and handling today. Just today only, though, and you got another 15 minutes to take up that deal. We hear that day in and day out. In fact, over this last week, I, I, I got into my email this morning and it was just, wow. And I don't check my junk emails, but I have to clear them out every once in a while. And time after time were these spam reports of people that could make me $3,500 a day if I would just buy their system. But what if I told you we have those people in Christianity too, those who sell a false prophet, who sell a bad gospel. See, that's the, that's the issue with mission is, is we can't control who goes out of mission. We can't control outside of ourselves what message is given in that mission, what gospel is given inside of that. And so last week we heard that we as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, have to accept the call that is given to us. That inside that belief of Jesus Christ comes an understanding of who the call comes from and what that call is. And so that if we are to be a church, a body of Christ, we must have in our lives mission. So in other words, we must live our life on mission. That third part or that third strand of our DNA. The first one is to live a life of worship in prayer on mission. And today we're going to hear another story or another reason why mission is such an important part to the Christian church. If you would, turn to Revelations 5. Verses 8 through 9, it reads, Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take this scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, you have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. In Revelations, we have this beautiful poetry that makes it very hard to understand. But a few things I want to hold up is, is why do we want to live a life in prayer right there in verse 8? It says that the saints held these bowls, these golden bowls full of incense, which were the prayers of the saints. The saints in Scripture weren't the people who were deemed by other people to be worthy. They were followers of Jesus Christ. That was the only obligation to be considered a saint. There wasn't a three-part test. There wasn't a board that you had to stand before. It was simply being a believer of Jesus Christ and confessing your faith in him. And so the saints held prayer deep in the presence of God in golden bowls before him. Why do we take prayer seriously? Because before God, our prayers are brought to him. Before God, they sit in his presence and are heard. And they do change things because God is a loving God, a God of a living God. 
But then it continues on, the part that we want to concentrate on today. New song that they sing, that Jesus was worthy to take that scroll to open it up and to break its seals. Because he paid the price, like we heard in the first song after announcements today. His blood on the cross redeemed us to God. Paid the price that we may no longer have to be in debt to the sins that we have done or that will ever be done in the world for they've all been covered by his blood. But today the the highlight is out of every tribe, every ton and people and nation you have made us kings and priests to our God. So in other words, Jesus Christ made it possible for all to come before God as princes, as princesses, as priests. This is Revelations, this is John seeing the future of what is to come, what is to become reality in life. And here we have a a little tip for us that out of every tribe, out of every ton, out of every people and every nation, he will raise people up. That's mission. See, because if it was only the people that Jesus Christ talked to during his time in Galilee and in Jerusalem, nobody in the last 18, 1900 years would be saved. See, Jesus Christ understood that what he did in the message and the stories and the gospel that was sent beyond just what he said and spoke would have power to redeem people to God as long as it was his gospel. And that's where we come into mission. We have a mission to continue to bring that gospel to people that the work that Jesus Christ did 2,000 plus years ago on the cross I'm sorry, just under 2,000 years ago, on the cross, continues to do the work today and will continue to do work forever until he returns. And the beauty is, is we know that the work that we do, the labor that we go to the field for, the hearts that we may change through the gospel of Jesus Christ when we share it, is producing fruit. Why? Because he says, out of every tribe, every ton, every people, every nation, there are those who will become believers, will become saints. And so our work isn't done. We need to continue to share the gospel. And the beauty is, is we shouldn't have any fear in sharing it. Why? Because we know what the result is. We know that he will change hearts. We know that as we share the gospel, people will come into believing in Jesus Christ. We know it's a done deal because we have the answer here in Revelations of what will be. And so as we sit back, as we read this, we should take comfort, we should gain courage and strength to go out and be on mission. Now we talked a lot last week and we're going to talk a little bit more about today what mission is. Because I think people get confused that they think that mission is going some foreign place and while that can be, For certain people, it doesn't mean that each and every one of us needs to do that in order to participate in mission. No, what mission is, is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever you find yourself amongst whoever you're with. And today, above all, we can reach every tribe, every ton, every people, and every nation right where we sit. In fact, today I'm going to embarrass a young woman who is back visiting us, but she's from Germany and today she's gonna hear this message and she can carry it with her back to Germany. 
we can reach every nation, every tongue, every tribe, every people simply by sharing the message where we are. And that message needs to be of Jesus Christ. And that becomes the important part. If we turn to Matthew 7, Verses 15 through 23, I told you, during this three-part series, we are going to deal with some pretty tough scripture. Scripture that gets overlooked a lot because it's hard to understand. But in verse 15 in chapter 7, it reads, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits, do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. These are hard words, especially the last part of it. For too many years, we've sold the gospel of confessing you are saved. It doesn't matter whether you ever talk about God, it never matters whether or not you ever come into it again. But here we have Jesus saying, there are many who have confessed my name. There are many who have even done works of prophesying in my name, casting out demons in his name, and done wonders in his name, who he will look to or look at and declare that he never knew them. See, it's not about works at all. It's about the work of the cross. It's the work that Jesus Christ did and the faith that we have that that was all that was needed that God was all that was needed to rectify the situation that we had worked ourselves into. Here he's, war he's warning us to be careful about being a false prophet, that we must first and most teach who he is. That is the message we are to carry. We hit that last week pretty hard. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves lives. And I hate to be the one to tell you this because it can be a powerful story, but it's not how your life in Christ that saves lives. It's the work of the cross that has saved lives. And that's what he's warning us for. He says, beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Each and every day we can listen to hundreds of sermons online. We can go to different places and we can watch on TV and we can hear the word of God in so many different venues nowadays that it becomes a little overwhelming some days. Sometimes it's just too much. But the problem is, is, and I've talked to people about this who come and they sit there and say, I'm so confused, what am I to believe? 
Paul in Corinthians starts out by saying, first go back to the blocks, the building blocks of Jesus Christ and know who Jesus Christ is above and beyond all else. Here Jesus is warning us about false prophets, those who will direct and weigh and, and move fruits, and yes, there will be fruits, but they'll be bad fruits. They won't be healthy to eat. They'll bring poison into your life. And he's warning about people who put their faith in works are earning their way into heaven. There are plenty of Christian organizations and groups that highlight that and how they handle themselves. And while I want you to serve God, while I want you to understand what your purpose that God has made you for is, because in that, in the service to our master, to the Lord Jesus Christ, comes hope and joy, happiness beyond belief. I don't want you to think that it's a requirement to get to heaven. I want you to do it because you love Jesus Christ, because you see who he is and you've accepted him into your life, and because of that, the Holy Spirit fuels you, fuels you to a place where you can't help but go out and do the works that God has called you to do, to go out on mission, to share the gospel. That's what Jesus is telling his followers here is it's not about going out and making people impressed of what you or what even God's power can be. It's about going out and sharing the message of who God is and, learn, and having people learn and love that aspect of it. There's a song out there, I can't remember the name of it, it just came to me, where it says, help me want the healer instead of the healing, the savior instead of the saving. The purpose of that song is to remind us that our attention needs to be on Jesus Christ and Christ alone. Not what he can do for us today, not what he can do for us tomorrow, not what we might get in the end, but simply to love him today for who he is and what he has done. And in that moment, in that simple understanding of Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, we are redeemed. There's nothing else that needs to be, but we need to redo that every day of our lives. We need to commit ourselves now why do I bring this set of scripture into why is this important for mission? Because we must not be the false prophets. We must make sure that as we walk forward, as we move into our mission field, wherever we find ourselves, wherever we are sharing the gospel, we bring the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if we do anything else, we become that ravenous wolf that just rips apart the flesh, that takes and destroys instead of just loving and caring and raising up the person next to us. So I want you to take heed this morning. I want you to think and struggle with these words, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. For Christ will look at some and say that he does not know you, and that you have practiced lawlessness. Don't be that person. Don't count the good works that you turn as your salvation. Instead, accept Jesus Christ for who he is and the work that he has done, for his work is eternal. His work bridges all gaps and takes care of all sin, both ancient and what is to come. The power of the cross is more than what we could ever hope for in our lives. 
The power of the cross will reach across things that we could never imagine them reaching across. And to preach anything but that sells the power of the cross short. And so boy, do I have a deal for you. For the simple cost of accepting Jesus Christ for the work that he has done on the cross into your heart. For letting that work regenerate your heart, renew your mind, and send the power of the Holy Spirit. You can have eternal life and hope everlasting. And boy, the deal gets sweeter because it doesn't cost anything. Oh, maybe it does. Because it does take your life. It takes a life of commitment to Jesus Christ, to renewing your mind in him each and every day. It takes you saying the will of who you, or what you want in life, and truly seeking what God wants in your life. but the cost is worth it. Because it doesn't take anything out of your pocket. It doesn't ask for anything but what is best for you. Simple acceptance of the work of the cross will change your heart forever. Now when we talk about mission, we need to be on point about this. We can't deviate from that message. We must share that because when we share the message of hope and eternal life, there's nobody who'll get mad at us. Sure, they may have angers from youth and from when they were younger people or hurts that they've experienced in churches wherever they are that other people have dealt into it. But even those people who really have learned to hate God through the church can't be mad about the love the sacrifice, and the eternal life that comes with the message of the cross. Put away your gimmicks and simply share who Jesus Christ is, what he has done in your life. That is the message that Christ is telling us here in Matthew. That is how we protect ourselves from being a false prophet, is is that we simply deliver the message of Jesus Christ each and every time that we have the opportunity to do so, and not to worry about doctrines that have been created by humanity but to simply share the work of the cross. As you go through, we do have to contemplate the fact that we will be judged. For every good tree bears good fruit, but every bad tree bears bad fruit. And not only God who will judge us, but the people who we interact with will judge us as we come through it. And the problem is, is they're going to bring every supposition, every pre experienced bad and hard and nasty thing that's happened to them and they're going to place it on the table before you and hold you accountable for those things. And if you try to do this with any other message than the message of Jesus Christ, you won't be able to overcome that because you're human. But when we push all of that aside, when we sit there and say, yeah, I understand people have hurt you. I understand that the church has done bad things. I understand that over history, people have taken religion and used it for the wrong thing but that doesn't change who Jesus Christ is or what the work on the cross did. All that stuff that was set up on the table before you is pushed aside. And now we start having a true conversation. We can truly have a message of who Jesus Christ and the gospel of Christ with that person. 
That's how we keep from being a false prophet. We don't try to create a gimmick to like, oh, but our church doesn't do that. Guess what? We're human. We're going to make mistakes. People are going to say things that are going to take you off, even in this building, even amongst this body of Christ. We will be angry with each other. But the fact is, is we come back to Jesus Christ who tells us in his gospels that we're to love one another first and foremost, that we're to work through the difficulties. You see how this works? When we center on Jesus Christ, when we come back to Jesus Christ each and every day and when we share the story of Jesus Christ, we can push past the hurts and the brokenness. See, that's why people don't like this is because all they do is they read where God may cast them out but they forget all the rest of the scripture that's there. And they're not willing to listen to just this part of scripture in context. They hear this and they're like, oh, but that's not my God, I need to walk away. But the fact is, is God's reminding us that if we don't take his whole word, him in wholeness, we're going to be a false prophet. And so today, search your hearts. Can you confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? And if so, are you brave enough to share that message above all other messages? Put aside all the other stuff. The three circles that we talked about a week or months ago all focuses on Jesus Christ and what his work on the cross has done for humanity. Our 15-second stories should highlight and glorify Christ inside of our life, that our life becomes a secondary story that becomes relatable but not the point of the story. See, when we can do that, we can ensure ourselves that we aren't false prophets. We can ensure ourselves that when God comes and stands before us and he looks at us, he'll sit there and say, yes, I know you because you know me. This is what being on mission is about. It's about sharing our lives with each other. It's about letting people know who we truly and genuinely are. Not just something that we do Sunday morning, but something that is in our heart that functions each and every moment of each and every day. And I'll keep on saying that part of that message for the rest of my life because it's a reminder to myself, it's a reminder to you what is important. If we ever stop living like that, if we ever just start letting Christianity be something that we do when we choose to do it instead of letting Christianity be what we are, we'll fall away. And we'll start teaching false prophets' teachings. And we'll become that ravenous wolf because we'll lead people into a place that isn't strong in Christ because Christ isn't at the center of it. See, Jesus' words come right before moving into a different section where he says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. A message that Mike Gladham gave several months ago about how when we center on Christ, that's a strong foundation to build our spiritual life on. And if that's good enough for us, then it's good enough for the person that we're sharing it with, that we're encountering and bringing the gospel to. And if we make it anything else, we're setting up a weak foundation that'll get washed away in the next storm that comes. And then we wonder why so many people are so excited when they first become Christians and then they fall away so quickly because they were never built upon a strong foundation. And so when we're on mission, we need to make sure that we are on mission with the right message. 
And that's what we're here today to talk about. I hope that's the message you're hearing, that the message that we take when we leave here, the message that we live our life by is that of Jesus Christ each and every day. And yes, it may draw ridicule every once in a while, and yes, we may seem weaker to some people because we're more willing to be forgiving or a little bit more willing to be, uh, you know, a little bit more compassionate towards someone who's having a hard time. But the fact is, is in those moments is when we're truly walking with Jesus Christ as he reaches out and helps that person. When we're on mission, which I hope each and every one of you starts to live each and every day, the message of Jesus Christ will change lives. It will bring salvation and it will raise people up out of the darkness that they're in. And any other message will bear bad fruit. And so today, the message I hope you take away is that as you live your life on mission, you'll be a witness and a testimony to the strength of Jesus Christ at the center of your life with a confession each and every day that you will follow. This morning we, took a dedica- or we had a dedication of two young children and we, as a church, swore that we would help bring them up in the ways of Jesus Christ. Well, one of the best ways we can do that is by walking each and every moment of each and every day of our lives on mission, bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world around us through what we say, how we act, and what we do. We're about to take communion, and today we're gonna take it as a church, and we're gonna take it as a whole. Sometimes we take it individually, sometimes we take it as a family, but today we're gonna take it as a whole because we made a commitment today to act as the body of Christ, Jesus Christ at the head of that body. And so today we are going to come before his table. We are going to confess our sins. We're going to ask for his presence in our heart. And we are going to make sure that he knows who we are. That there's no confusion or that there's any question in our hearts that he knows who we are. Church, let us bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before your throne and we lay ourselves before it, for you are a glorious and a great God, a living God and the creator of the heavens and the earth. Lord, we confess that we're not worthy of the sacrifice that was paid on the cross. The very fact that you take our names and that you count us as yours gives us strength, brings us hope, And so, Lord, today we come before you that we may be recognized by you, that we may confess our brokenness, but also that we may accept your love, that we may be your children, that we may be made whole by the power and the work of your cross. As we take this bread as a reminder, go ahead and take the bread, of the body that was broken for us. And as we drink this juice, as a reminder of the blood that was shed for us. Remember that we are called to you to confess our faith in you each and every day and to live our lives in accordance with what that confession means. And so, Lord, give us the strength and the courage to do so. And also, Lord, to bring us your love that we may share it with the world around us. May we live a life on mission that you may be glorified and known throughout the world. 
Amen.